0: Hello there. Hi everybody. I hope you are all doing great. I hope you're having an amazing day. My name is Esther Bangura and I am the founder of Boss of My Money and also your favorite money coach. I'm actually doing this live stream for the very first time and I am also recording this live stream as a podcast episode So if you didn't know that we have a podcast, we sure do have a podcast, the boss of my money podcast. You can listen to it on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And we also have a YouTube channel. So for those who are listening to this episode on the podcast, you can actually watch this um, podcast episode as a video on YouTube. So make sure you head on over to boss of my money on YouTube to subscribe. So I'm excited about today because I decided that I'm going to be doing a monthly Q&A because I get asked a lot of questions and a lot of the questions that I'm getting are questions that I think many of you could benefit from knowing the answers to. So every single month at the beginning of the month I'm going to be doing a dedicated podcast and YouTube video where I am answering your questions. So I did a poll actually on Instagram. I did a poll and I gave you guys three topics um, to choose from. Basically, that's what the theme is going to be on today. So the winning topic was must have money habits for achieving financial freedom. So I'm going to kick off um, this episode with just sharing some tips about the types of habits that you want to adopt in order for you to achieve financial freedom. But I think before we get into the habits that you need for financial freedom, I think it's important to define what financial freedom means for you. Financial freedom is going to mean different things to different people. So once you're clear about what financial freedom means to you, then it means that you're then able to work out what types of habits that you need to form in order to be able to achieve your financial freedom goals. So for me, financial freedom means independence. So I want to be independent. I want to be able to look after myself, pay my own bills, invest my money, save my money, grow my money, have fun with my money. So for me, being financially free is being able to be independent and look after myself. Financial freedom also means me having choices. I want to be able to choose in life. I don't want the government or the economic status to choose what type of lifestyle I live. I want to be able to decide for myself the type of lifestyle that I live and be able to create that. So really be clear about what financial freedom is means to you. So now that you have an idea and you've established what financial freedom means for you, when it comes to finances, right, it really is 80% behavior and 20% numbers. It really is that. And there are lots of different habits that you can form, lots of good habits. But if I was to generalize this, and if somebody stopped me in the middle of the street, And said, Esther, what are the three habits that you think I should, you know, adopt in order to achieve financial freedom? Then these are the three habits that I will share. But there are more habits, obviously. So the first one I would say is self-integrity. What do I mean by self-integrity? So self-integrity is all about building trust with self, building trust with self. And if you have questions, please do put them in the comments area. So building trust with self. So I don't know if you know this, but our brain is built for survival, right? And so for this reason, our brain automates everything that we do. Our brain has to make over 1,500 decisions a day. And so that's why when, that's why basically you can walk from your bedroom to your bathroom in the dark without tripping. Because your brain knows how to get you there. Like it's done the journey so many times. It knows where the walls are, it knows where the door handle is, it knows where the switch is, it knows where the toilet seat is. Hopefully you're not using the bathroom in the dark. But your brain and our brain automates a lot of our behaviors, our beliefs, our thinking. It automates it. And because your brain is built that way, when you say that you're going to do something and you don't do it, and this becomes a habit that you've you know, formed where you say you're going to save, but you don't save. You say you're going to do your budget, but you don't do your budget. You say you're going to invest, but you don't invest. You say you're going to reduce that debt, but you don't reduce that debt. And so when we keep lying to ourselves long enough, our brain is just going to automate that. So a lot of people get frustrated when they set goals Because they set goals and they're not able to achieve the goal. It's like, but I want to save, but I want to budget. I want to pay off my debt. I want to save and invest. I want to build wealth. I want to increase my income. You have lost trust with yourself. And so self integrity is so important. It's so important that when you say you're going to do something, to actually do it, follow through with the things that you say, because then it's the only way that you're going to shift and change from when you say you're going to do things and then you don't end up doing them. Self-integrity is so important. So when you put a date to budget, make sure you stick to that date. Make sure you stick to that time. When you say you're going to review your bank statement, make sure you stick to that time. When you say you're having lunch, make sure you have lunch at that time. When you say you're meeting somebody at a particular time, make sure you meet them there at a particular time. Otherwise, you lose self-integrity And you lose trust with yourself. And for you to achieve your financial goals and achieve financial freedom, it's really important that you build that trust with yourself so that when you say you're going to do something, you actually follow it. Financial freedom requires self-integrity. In consistency with words and actions, it actually weakens your character um, to be able to achieve your financial goals. So that's the first habit that I would say for you to adopt It's in self-integrity. So the second habit would be self-discipline, right? And one of the common things that I've found in wealthy people, just studying a few wealthy people, is that they have a high level of self-esteem, not self-esteem, self-discipline. They have a high level of self-discipline. And so self-discipline is so important, right? In order for you to achieve your financial goals, you need to be able to master self. A lot of the time, we think that it's other things that's in the way of us achieving our goals. It's other obstacles, other barriers. And though at times that can be true, but actually, you are the only person that can get in the way of the goals that you want to achieve. And when I've worked with different clients and, and things like that, even when they have for the strategies, even when they're given the roadmap, because they lack self-discipline, right, it really becomes a major, you know, stumbling block in them achieving their financial goals. So developing self-discipline is really important. It will help you to not only overcome challenges, but it will help you to achieve your goals a lot sooner. Learning how to invest and get rich, you can learn those strategies, but then if you don't have the discipline, then you're not going to see it through. So the third money habit that you must have in order to achieve financial freedom is consistency. And all of these kind of tie in together. They all interconnect. So when it comes to consistency, your thoughts and your behavior have to mirror your dreams and goals. I feel like a lot of people, they have big dreams, they have big goals. But then when you look at the way they're living, when you hear the things they say, when you, yeah, just when you observe them in their day-to-day behavior and day-to-day lifestyle, their dreams and goals don't actually mirror the things they say and how they behave. So you want to make sure that you're consistent with your behavior, your thoughts, and your dreams and goals. If you are saying that you want to become a millionaire, then you have to adopt millionaire behavior and millionaire mindset. You can't want to aspire to be a millionaire, but yet you are operating in a You know, poverty stricken mindset, right? So, you want to make sure that your behavior is consistent with your thoughts and your behavior. If you are telling me that you want to pay off debt, you want to save, you want to invest, you want your finances to be in order, I should be able to look at your bank statement or look at your budget and tell you what goals you're working on. And usually, when I start working with um, my clients, And I do their initial budget review, I can tell where their money is going. I can tell what they are prioritizing in that moment, right? Whether they are prioritizing bills or whether they are prioritizing entertainment or whether they are prioritizing savings. So I should be able to look at your lifestyle, look at your bank account, look at your statement, spend three days with you. I should be able to tell by your behavior and by your thoughts, the words that you say, the moves that you're making you know, what goals that you're striving towards. So it's so important to be consistent. And if you can adopt a consistent behavior, when it comes to your finances, I am telling you, you are going to be able to achieve your goals with ease, right? And what helps with being consistent is being clear about your money values and the things that are important to you when it comes to your beliefs around money. So those are the three, if I was to sum it down to the must have money habits for achieving financial freedom, those are the three that I would give you. And obviously there are many others like establishing healthy money boundaries, mindset, focusing on one goal at a time. There's so many other habits that you can develop, but I'm really happy as well that you guys picked this theme because sometimes when it comes to personal finance, we think that it's all about the numbers, right? But actually your character and your habits, your behavior, your thought pattern, it plays a bigger role in you achieving your financial goals and it plays a bigger role on your personal finance journey. So I hope you found that helpful. I am going to move over to the questions that I got sent. I got sent some amazing questions. So in total, I have about four or five questions. And if you have any questions that you want me to answer, then do pop them up in the comments area. If you're not sure already, then make sure that you head on over to our podcast and subscribe there. And if you are not already subscribed to the Boss of My Money podcast, twisting my words, if you're not already subscribed to the Boss of My Money YouTube, then be sure to subscribe to the Boss of My Money YouTube. And if you find any value in this video, then please share it to all the people that you love and stop on over at bossofmymoney.com. And if you're not already, follow us on Instagram. Okay so let me get back to the questions that I have to answer today. So the first question is how do you pay yourself first? I'm actually going to put the question up on the screen. So how do you pay yourself first? I absolutely love this question but before I answer it I just want to give some clarity. So paying yourself first, it's a term that's used in business a lot. So a lot of business owners use the term paying yourself first. A lot of accountants use it, but it's actually a term that applies to personal finance as well. And the way that I define paying yourself first is basically giving, saving and investing first before paying bills. Now, most of us have it the other way around. Most of us, when we receive our salary or the income from our business, we tend to pay bills, pay rent, pay mortgage, pay utilities, pay cancel tax, pay for our car, pay for energy bills. We tend to pay our bills first and then based on what is left, that's what we decide that we will give, save or invest. And when you think about it, that's what people who are living paycheck to paycheck do. They pay bills. And then what's left is what they will build wealth with. Whereas wealthy people do it the other way around. They give, they save, they invest, and then they live off what is left. So that's what we mean by paying yourself first. It's basically where you give, save, invest, and then you live off what is left. Now, when it comes to paying yourself first, a lot of people, because they're living paycheck to paycheck, it's hard to implement. So the way that I teach my clients to do this is start off by paying yourself first 10%. And if 10% is too much of a stretch, then start off by paying yourself 5%. Just start somewhere. Start off by paying yourself £10 a month or £50 a month or £100 a month. Just pick an amount or pick a percentage right? that's comfortable for where you're at now and just form the habit of paying yourself first. Form the habit of you giving, saving, and investing 10% of your income every single month. The easiest way to do that is to automate it. Set up a standing order and just automate the payment. So when the money comes in, it goes straight into those different accounts. And then eventually what you want to do is either reduce your income or you want to Not reduce your income. You want to reduce your expenses or you want to increase your income so that you're in a position to pay yourself more. Ideally, you want to get to a place where you are paying yourself between 45 to 50% of your total income, right? So that's how you can pay yourself first in your personal finance and also in your business. Because the truth is, wealth is what you save, what you invest. Wealth isn't what you spend. Wealth isn't the bills that you pay. Wealth is what you give, save and invest. So if every single month when you receive your paycheck or your business income, if you're not giving, saving and investing, then you're not building wealth. Okay. so I hope that answered your question. Start with a small amount, a comfortable amount where you're at now with the goal of increasing it. So I tend to increase what I'm paying myself by 10% every quarter. That's what I aim for. At least 10%, sometimes 5%, just depending on the way things are. Great stuff. So I'll move on to question number two. So question number two, let me just make sure I've got it up. There it is. So question number two is, how do we start setting up for retirement when we run our own business? So this is another business related question. And by the way, you can send me personal finance, business and investing questions. I'll be more than happy to answer them. So how do we start setting up for retirement when we run a business? So we've just talked about paying yourself first, right? So by paying yourself a percentage of your income into an investment retirement account or into a long-term asset that will appreciate in value over time you will be able to start up a retirement you know fund for yourself so depending on the country that you live you may want to opt into any of the government retirement schemes that they have when it comes to the government schemes for retirement they are there are limitations but one of the advantages is that it's tax-free right most of them are tax-free which means that you are not paying tax on the money that you're gaining from that investment. However, the limitations are that you can only invest a certain amount. And in terms of withdrawal, there are restrictions on when you can withdraw. And sometimes there are restrictions on what you can actually invest in. So in the UK, a lot of workplaces offer the workplace pension scheme. And what happens is that you contribute a certain amount from your salary it gets taken out before your salary is paid and your employer will also contribute a certain amount and then as that money is growing it's tax-free now you can also opt into things like the lifetime iso account and we also have the sip in the uk as well and in the usa i believe it's called the roth um, ira And the 401k. So just find out where you live, what is available to you as a government scheme for investing for retirement. Although I have a little bit of confidence in these schemes, I think they're good to have. It's a good starting point. I don't want you to put everything in there. I think you should also have something set aside that you manage and that you are in control of. So even if you're contributing to your workplace pension, And I know this is more for a business question. The person that asks this question, they're asking more for a business. But I also want to answer it for those who have a job and are in a nine to five. But even as a self-employed person, these schemes are available to you. And as a self-employed person, it just means that you would then take the money from your business expenses to contribute to that. And you can do it in a tax efficient way. But I also think that you should diversify what you're investing in for retirement And it all goes back to as well, just establishing what your strategy is for investing. I could tell you to invest in this or that, but I think you have to be clear about the strategy that you want to take for investing. So do you want to go down the stock market route? Do you want to go down the business route? Do you want to go down the, you know, estate and property route? So once you've established what route you want to take for investing, you can then form your strategy And literally, you can just start putting your money away and investing it in those particular assets and let it grow over time. I think the key is always to start now, because then you're maximizing the time that you have. And just start with what you have. I think people get caught up in wanting to invest hundreds and thousands. Even if you're putting away a few hundred a month, it's something better than nothing. And the most important thing is that you're building the habit, right? So, Open up an investment account. You can get that done like in a day. All you have to do is prove your NI or your social security number and decide on the amount that you want to invest every month and automate it. So, when I work with my one on one clients, this is actually something that we factor into their budget, right? So, we factor in how much they're going to invest every month into their budget. So that way it's automated and they don't have to think about it. So, I hope that answered your question. Okay, so the next question that we have is another, okay, an an investing question, actually. I thought it would have been another business question, but this is actually an investing question. So the question is, why would you recommend working with, not why, let me start again. The question is, would you recommend working with an investment mentor? If I am looking to start investing, but don't know the first thing about it, first of all, I'm super happy that you're even thinking about investing because I think investing is so important. Investing is a great way to build wealth and also for generational um, wealth as well, for personal and generational wealth. So I would definitely recommend that you work with an investment mentor, an investment advisor, an investment coach. And I think depending on the type of investment you want to do, that will determine on what type of investment mentor, coach or advisor you work with. You do have investment advisors that specialize in a particular type of investment. So whether that's retirement or estate planning, or you can work with someone who covers everything. But I do recommend that you work with one. But I think before you even work with an investment mentor or advisor, it's important that you empower yourself to develop your financial literacy around investing. So you wanna read books, you want to watch YouTube videos of Warren Buffett, right? You wanna just get familiar with the language of investing and just understand the basics and the fundamentals for yourself. Because in that way, when you go to work with an advisor, you feel empowered, you have an idea of what they should be you know, doing and you have an idea about what you want. I think it's really important that We don't just leave our financial destiny or all the decisions to experts, right? This is why I am not a financial advisor. I'm a financial coach, because for me, it's more about educating you, giving you the options that are available to you and empowering you to be able to confidently make the choices that you want to make and make the decisions that you want to make for your finances. And I actually have a one on one Investing for Beginners workshop. And in that workshop, it's a 90-minute workshop that I offer my existing one-on-one clients. And I basically break down what investing is, how to get started, mistakes to avoid. And for those who don't have an investment account open, I actually help them to open one up during the masterclass session. So if you want to know more about how to invest, how to get started and to know the basics, before you work with a financial advisor, then contact me. You can head on over to the website, whatsofmymoney.com, and just send me a message in the contact page and just send me your details and I'll send you everything you need to know about the investing workshop. And I also recently wrote a blog about how much working with a financial advisor can cost. And in that blog, there are links to um, platforms where you can find financial advisors. So be sure to check it out, head on over to boss and just search financial advisor and it will come up in the results and just click on it. I can't remember the click, the links, otherwise I would have shared them here. But I remember when I was doing my research, I came across a ton of different sites and platforms where you can find a financial advisor. But I would say empower yourself, read up on it, watch videos on it, and attend my 90-minute masterclass. Okay, so let's move on to the next question. So the next question, and I believe this is the final question. I don't see any questions in the comments. So this is a really interesting question because having... had sessions with um, some of my clients like I see this kind of pattern and this theme popping up so the question is around how do I remain positive when my bank balance is low how do I remain positive when my bank balance is low so I want to take a moment to just acknowledge that a lot of people are going through tough times right tough times challenging times. I feel like we We have, we've had a delayed reaction to the pandemic. We spent two years just trying to stay alive for most of us. We're just trying to stay alive, not catch COVID and not die. That's what we've been trying to do the past two years. And it's only now that people are figuring out what this new way of living is. People are trying to rediscover themselves. People have changed jobs, relocated, started a business, changed a business. So many changes that you know, have taken place that are impacting people's lives and the economy, high interest rate, inflation, cost of livings going up. All of that money that we spent during the pandemic, the stimulus checks, all of the grants that the government was giving, all of the money that they spent on the vac- vaccines and whatnot in the NHS, in the healthcare, we're feeling the impact now. So, this is something that's very normal that everybody's experiencing, right? So, my tip would be, my number one tip is going to be this. Don't ever let your bank balance define who you are. I'm going to say that again. Don't ever let your bank balance define who you are. Don't ever let your past mistakes define who you are, right? Your financial situation does not define you. It doesn't define Your present and it doesn't define your future. And I hope you receive that. I hope you really hear what I'm saying. But what I would say is two things, right? I want you to be clear about what has caused your bank balance to be low. And this, when I do this, even with myself and my finance, it helps me to be positive about the situation that I'm in. So if I find that I'm going in the red, the first thing I'm going to do is not allow it to define me. Or define my future the second thing I'm going to do is ask myself Esther why is your bank balance so is it because of a job loss has your income gone down have you been sick and not worked as much you've lost some of your income there for the month is it a temporary situation or is it permanent is it that I don't know you had more income going more outgoings going out this month than income coming in Is it because you've made bad money choices and you've just been spending money that you actually don't have, right? Is it because of an unplanned emergency? So just really being clear about why your bank balance is low, because that's then just going to help you to put things into perspective. Maybe you just had a bad month. Okay, then put things in place and get back on track for the next month. If you've had a job loss, maybe as a household, you had two income, now you're down to one then it's going to take a while for you to get back to two income until the second person finds a job. So it's looking like a more medium and a short-term issue. So once you're clear about why you're in the situation that you're in, you're then able to go into solution orientation as opposed to swimming in your pity party, right? As opposed to feeling sorry for yourself, as opposed to being down about your bank balance, So once you understand why your bank balance is low, you can then go into solution mode. So do you need to get a second job? Do you need to work more hours? Do you need to sell things? Do you need to make cuts in your budget temporarily? Do you need to increase the prices in your business and in your packages? Do you need to introduce new offers? So once you're clear about why your bank balance is low, you can then start to think about solutions and you can then start to execute your plan of action. And I would also say, when you find yourself like in a down sort of time, things are not going well, you're feeling down with yourself, with your finances, it's really important that you surround yourself with people that are going to support you, people that understand your situation, where you're at and where you're trying to get. You really are going to need that support around you. I have been going through like a tough time in the past few months and I'm so grateful to the friends the family that I've had that I've shared my challenges with that have motivated me that have reminded me of my you know past achievements and reminded me of where I'm trying to get to and it really helps in those moments to know there are people around you that care about your goals that want to see you do well that are going to motivate you and are going to encourage you to keep on going So surround yourself with people that understand your situation and that are going to support you on the journey that you are on. And finally, I would say get help. Are you struggling with your budget? Get help. Seek out expert help. Don't try to figure things out on your own. Some things, it's fine. We can figure it out on on our own. But if you've been struggling with a particular challenge for a very long time, then I would definitely say reach out to an expert. When it comes to our finances, I'm doing this video on YouTube. There's lots of resources out there, but a lot of the tips that we share on public platforms are going to be generic, right? Because we don't know your complete situation. We don't know the full details and those details are gonna determine the strategy that you use and the plan of action that you put in place. When I have a cold, I can just walk into any supermarket And go to the medicine aisle. But what's on the medicine aisle is very general. You get your paracetamol, your Lemsip, your cough syrup. But if it's something more serious, guess what? I have to go to the pharmacy and speak to someone behind the counter. And before they suggest any type of medication, they are going to ask me a set of questions in order to diagnose me and decide what medication is going to be fit for purpose. The same goes for personal finance. As a coach, there's only so much generic tips that I can share on a public platform. And so I find that when people come to me specifically for help with a particular problem, we're able to, I'm able to help them diagnose what the problem is and prescribe a solution, you know, for their unique situation. So be sure to seek expert help. And actually, if you are ready, to work on your finances and if you're ready to get your finances in order then be sure to check out my services at bossofmymoney.com slash services. I do one-on-one budgeting sessions Um, I also hold three monthly budgeting accountability sessions as well and I also do weekly coaching for people that want to work on their overall financial wellness So that's all that I have for you today. I do hope to do this stream again. I feel like I'm probably going to have to do lots of edit in the podcast. And I'll try and maybe cut it down a bit for those that are watching on YouTube. But I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And thank you for those that sent their questions. And if you've got questions, then do send them to me at support at bossofmymoney.co.uk be sure to um, subscribe to the Boss of My Money podcast channel and also our YouTube channel. You can also follow me on Instagram and visit bossofmymoney.com if you need more information on what we do and how I can help you. So thanks again for tuning in. I will catch you on the next podcast episode and I will catch you on the next YouTube video.